What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Southside Story. My name is Jess. I'm your host. The purpose of the podcast is to put a smile on your face and joy on your heart, and I truly appreciate you taking the time to listen. Today, we're going back to 1976. I'm an intern at WTTW Channel 11, Chicago's PBS television news station. The video crew is heading out to get footage for a, story, for a story that they were working on and my boss tells me I have a different assignment. I'm to go out, meet and interview Muhammad Ali and Dick Gregory. They were starting a new diet, a Bahamian diet. I was to get story and get photos. Man, Muhammad Ali, I'm gonna meet Muhammad Ali champ, greatest of all time. I remember my dad taking me to the Capitol Theater. Cassius Clay versus Sonny Liston on the big screen. Oh, Sonny Liston. Oh, was he mean. David and Goliath. Good versus evil. And Sonny Liston, my goodness. He was the perfect Goliath because he truly was a mean man. But when Ali put him on the canvas, oh, oh the entire audience was up in the, in the air screaming, Ali, Ali, yay! And now, I'm going to meet him. I prepare my questions. I grab my camera gear. I'm out the door. I entered the address on East 47th Street, and it's a roomy, four-stalled automobile garage, remodeled into a training gym with a boxing ring. I'm told that Mr. Gregory would not be there. I'm disappointed because I had questions for him. See, I remember Dick Gregory as a comic, and he used his notoriety to become an outspoken social activist. Now, as a comic, his wit was dry, sharp, and very clever. But as a social activist, he didn't mix words. Right to the point, and told you exactly what he was thinking. When Mr. Ali walked up to me, I was in awe. I mean, it's Ali. But not only his presence, but he was a physical specimen. He was a very big man. But I was even more amazed when we shook hands because his, his right hand just consumed all of my hand totally engulfed it. And the weight of it, oh my God, it was heavy. Very, very heavy. It was almost like dumbbells at the end of his arms. I had never had a handshake like Ali's. Soon, I started taking pictures of him. He started to talk to people around the gym and I just walked around and 
took pictures. Then we sat down on the couch and I started the interview. And it was at that moment I realized that he knew nothing about the diet. As a matter of fact, that's when the interview ended. He politely thanked me for coming down and then he asked me to leave. What? Just like that? I never got a chance to ask him any questions. I'm just asked to leave. And so I take the film down to the station and then I head home, happy and confused. The next day when I get to the station, I'm told that Dick Gravery provided enough information about the diet that the story would be aired that night. Andy Warhol said, everybody would be world famous for 15 minutes. Hmm. I thought, mm, okay, well, I might have got a minute, maybe a minute and a half because my pictures were televised. Although they never mentioned my name, so much for world famous Mr. Warhol. But I remember another meeting with the, with the champ, maybe about 1965, 66. See, the champ lived on my block. I cut his grass and I also moved his garbage cans out to the garbage, out to the alley on garbage day. He always paid me, was a very nice man, uh, didn't talk a whole lot. Guys called him champ because he was always, he would always try to recruit you into boxing, want to be a boxer. One day after I was finished moving the garbage cans to the, to the alley, he asked me, ever think about being a boxer? You'd be good. You have the, the body frame for a boxer. As a matter of fact, I had that body frame when I was boxing and I was good. You'd be good too. No, sir, I don't want to be a boxer. I train you. No, sir. He went so far as to go get his scrapbook and show me photos and newspaper clippings of him. Two years undefeated, welterweight, golden glove champion. So what happened? He said he got sick, he had to stop fighting. Then he said, but if you ever change your mind or if you ever need any tips, come see me, I'll help you. I said, thank you. The popularity and the success of Muhammad Ali in the mid-60s changed how street justice was decided. It wasn't uncommon to see guys on the street and guys on the corner boxing. See, everybody wanted to be like Ali, float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. 
even the simplest arguments were settled by throwing hands. Your reputation was based on how fast and how, how strong of your hands were. And your reputation was could travel throughout the city based on how quickly and how heavy you hit. I was a big kid. I was young. I fought a lot. I lost a lot. I never got beat down. But there was this kid, this guy, older than me, I used to spar a lot with at first. It was fun. We you know, boxed around. He was a better fighter than me, better boxer than me. And after a while, it stopped being so much fun. I mean, after a while, I became his punching bag. I couldn't hit him, although I would try to hit him. Or I try to grab him and tackle him and get him to the ground, I could never catch him. And on the corner, this was a joke. Oh, I was a joke. <laughs> it became such a joke that all he wanted to do was just fight me. <laughs> and he, you know, oh my goodness, all the time, punch, 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 punch. And I was bothered by him. I was bothered because he had my bluff. And I was his punching bag. And I was a joke. Ironically, one day, heading home, I see the champ. I catch up to him. And I tell him about Crazy Larry, Larry. And how he's punishing me on the, on the corner. I said, I need some tips. He said, promise me two things. One, you'll listen. Two, you'll practice. I said, I'll, I promise. He said, okay. Meet me at my house, nine o'clock Saturday morning. Nine o'clock, we're practicing. And he's making it so simple. Starts out with just how to hold my hands. And he shows me a jab and he shows me how to get my timing down. And then he shows me his favorite move. He called it Pap, Pap, Bam. Huh? Yeah. Pap, Pap, Bam. And in real life, it sounded like Pap, Pap, Bam. Pap, Pap, Bam. And I worked on it. I worked on getting, hitting my target, hitting my target, getting my timing down. And after a while, I'm, I'm starting to hit my target. I'm starting, it's starting to be pap, pap, bam. I'm feeling good now. And then he said to me, you like getting hit? No. 
better keep your hands up. <laughs> Boy, I went home, I went to my room, and I just practiced. was building. I was, I was moving. I felt like I could take Larry. Let's go. I could take it. When I got out to the corner, all the guys were out there on the mailbox, on the pole. Larry was out there. And as soon as I got there, he was in my face. What up, Bozy? What's up? And he starts to punch on me. And everybody starts to laugh because it's, it's another show. Here we go again. He's already having a good time because he's punching on me. I'm trying to avoid him. And then I say, okay, let's do this. And I, and I get in my boxing stance. And I start to punch him. Punch him. And I'm jabbing. And he's backing up. He's backing up. And as I jab him, there's no noise. It's quiet. After a while, I realize I'm the aggressor. Oh, he's so I'm I, I got him now. All of a sudden, he hits me. Dead upside my head. Bam! Right upside my head. And I see Champ flash across my mind. Instantly, I put my hands up because the guys are all laughing. They're all laughing. They knew this was even better than it was before. Because at least this time I'm it's interesting because I'm putting up something of a fight, but he just hit me right on my head. I put my hands up and I go back to the jab. And I'm jabbing. And this time he did it again. He came with that left hand. But this time I was ready. I stepped inside that left hand and I hit him dead in his face with a right cross, right on his jaw, and he went straight down, straight down. Oh, the, the corner went crazy. Oh, everybody was jumping up and down laughing. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. You'd have thought it was Cassius Clay versus Sonny Liston all over again. When Larry got to his knees, he didn't want to box anymore. He got to his knees and he ran at me to tackle me. I sidestepped him and he missed me. And he ran at me again to try to tackle me, but he couldn't handle me. He couldn't control me. And somebody said, okay, break it up. It's over. I went by Champs later that night and I told him what happened. I told him about the fight and how I hit him. <laughs> he, 
He laughingly asked me, Pat Pat Bam? I said, Pat Pat Bam! <laughs> then he said, Sure, you don't want to be a boxer? You be good. Oh, folks, Champ was a Golden Glove champion, just like I said in the story. But he didn't stop there. He was even a greater champion. He was a champion to my mother. He was a champion to my sister. He was even a champion to my niece. She called him Papa. Oh, yes, he's my he taught me so many lessons, so many lessons. Some that I'm realizing still today. I mean, truly, he helped me to survive my neighborhood. But even after years since he's passed away, 2010, in my conversations with him, I'm still saying to him, I get it now, Dad. Thanks. <laughs> Folks. Broken crayons. Still color. Broken crayons. Still color. Well, that's all I got. I hope you enjoyed this episode because I enjoyed sharing it with you. And so until the next time of South Side Stories, I ask you, please be safe. Please be safe. I wish you peace and love. Later.